You are now listening to an uncut, unedited version of the recording after the latest episode of the You Run Podcast, Horror Movie Review. I like that. That was a good episode, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good episode. You, you are 100% wrong on Chucky, on number two being better than the first one. No, I don't think I am. I think really? I am. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I am at all. No, I think this is definitely superior. But I See, think... I think Freddy 2 is better than Nightmare on Elm Street 1, and I think Hellraiser 2 is better than Hellraiser 1. Yeah, see, I'll give you that on Freddy. Freddy 2 is better than 1, but Freddy 3 is better than 1 and 2. No. Freddy (laughs) 2 is better than Freddy 1 and 3. (laughs) The thing is, though, you you like A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which is what? It's the most, probably the least liked in the franchise or the most controversial in the franchise at least i love it i love it i think it is outstanding it is outstanding it takes the character and it does things with it that are beyond a film like that deserves in terms of in terms of of development and and uh what's the more intelligent term for innuendos with the whole homosexualized did aspect you, of... See, did you get that? Because when I, when, I, when I first watched that movie, I didn't pick up on any of that at all. I just saw it as a good slasher movie. It wasn't until someone pointed it out and I watched it back that I was like, shit, yeah, you're right. But I didn't spot it first time round. Yeah, but you would have done because you'd have seen this on initial release or maybe not an initial release, but you've been a How old fan do you think? That... No, but what I'm saying... <laughs> How old do you think I am? No, what I'm saying is, is you are a Freddy fan the same way I'm a Halloween yeah. fan. So I hit Halloween at like 13, 14, and that has been a franchise that I've sort of developed throughout my horror experiences. So I, I came into that, I loved it, and I grew up watching when I was seeking horror. I was like, oh, shit... Bearing in mind, we're talking like HMV days. So like if you wanted to watch a Halloween film, it wasn't a case of you just flicking on your TV and you could search for it and find it. It'd be like, right, this weekend I've got my pocket money or I've got my newspaper around money. It's like, right, well, I bought Halloween two last week. So it's like, dad, will you take me to HMV? I fucking love HMV. Exactly. So you'd be like, right, what am I going to do with my my paper around money this week? So I really want to see Halloween three. So trust me, that was the most disappointing weekend of my life. (laughs) But we will more on that later. So you get your paper around money, you drive to HMV, you go in, and obviously you're not old enough to buy it, so you have to get your dad to buy it for you. So he goes in and he picks up the DVD that you want or the VHS that you want, and you take it home. You will have had a similar experience with the Friday franchise. Yeah. So you'll have grown up loving it. I literally watched Nightmare on Elm Street 2, what, three, four months ago? For the first time ever, at 32 years old, that was the first time I'd watched it. So I'd already knew the the sort of conversations regarding that that topic of conversation surrounding yeah. it. So, so when, where I, are when you I was now? watching it through Nightmare, I've just done I've Dream just finished, Warriors. I've just finished Dream Warriors, yes. You've Literally not, just finished Dream Warriors. You've not done Dream Master yet. I haven't done Dream Master yet. And I've oh, been putting no. it off just because I know that things go downhill for me. <laughs> I, I, I'm desperate. I'm desperate to get your opinion on how they bring Freddy back. Yeah. So you've already kind of told me, spoiler alert, what happened. But I, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. I will get yeah, to it. But it's, it's I, I'm in no rush. <laughs> it, 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 it's way over the top, and there's so much of it that is like, I'll be honest. The first first forty minutes of Nightmare Four, I was like, this is 
fucking brilliant. They've really gone all in and followed on from Dream Warriors at that same pace. I was like, this is fucking great. And then they get halfway through and it's like everyone went, ah, this will do. Yeah, but you see, I didn't really particularly like Dream Warriors. I don't understand the hype or, or love surrounding that film either. It's the I get not, it. I get it. I mean, it's yeah, a decent it's, enough film. It's, it's the horror movie version of the Avengers. How could you not like it? But it's not, though, is it? Let's yeah, be honest, it is. It's not. It's not. It's not. You get that what for ten minutes at the end. Yeah. It's not enough to justify <laughs> ninety-five minute runtime, mate. <laughs> I was going into it expecting something like that for the duration of the film. And I, and, and I walked away. Do you know what? This is another case of being massively overhyped, I think. I think I walked into it expecting something that it didn't fulfill. And yeah. maybe that's why. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Dream Warriors. I thought it was a really, really good film. It was a really, really solid solid entry. And it had some great ideas. But What did you think of the um, the Winnie the Pooh thing I sent you earlier? I'm, I think this is going to be good. I think this is going to be good, you know, and I know a lot of people are, are shitting on the idea, but I think it's actually going to be all right. See, I, I thought I thought what had happened is Disney had let the right slip, but it's not. They had so, to, haven't they? No. So what it is, it's the um, the original book is now 95 years old. So it's now public domain property. So anyone can do anything with it. So all of the Disney stuff is still safe. But the original Winnie the Pooh is public domain, so anyone could do anything they want with that character. Piglet, Rabbit, I think there's someone else, and Christopher Robin. Eeyore. Eeyore. Um, so, yeah, the and story... And you've got Tigger the Tiger. A Tigger's safe. Tigger's, Tigger doesn't, Tigger's got another decade, I think, before he becomes oh, so public. He was a later entry to the franchise. Yeah, so I'm, say franchise, I'm, like <laughs> we might get a franchise. So it's so what's it called? It's, it's Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yes, you've now, got to be fair though. Like I've seen the still shot images that have come out of this, and I know that things like that can be photoshopped and edited and all the rest of it. But regards to cinema photography and all the rest of it, it, it doesn't look. It doesn't look like you're straight to DVD stuff. I mean, the title would imply that it was a straight to DVD knockoff, but it, it to me, it didn't look too bad in terms uh, of the photos and stuff. The only thing that I have gripe with is the, I couldn't work out whether they were masks or whether they were implied to be characters. No, they're, they're meant to be characters. So I read through, so when I saw it, I laughed straight away. I went, that can't be real. And then went to Google. And then ended up on the synopsis. So the synopsis for this is fucking brilliant. So it's the story of Christopher Robin. As we all know, Winnie the Pooh, he's got these two teddy bears. So these are his toys. I don't know why he's got such big toys, but these are his toys. Um, he's gone off to college. Winnie the Pooh and Piglet are pissed off he's gone to college. So they go on a killing spree in an attempt to make Christopher Robin come home and play with them. So this is a horror movie version of Toy Story 3. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it looks great. I, it's going to be dog shit. It's like Heather was saying about the Banana Splits movie. Yeah, I got, I, you see, I, I, I probably do the same with the Winnie the Pooh thing. I was real excited about the Banana Splits. I don't hold them. I've not seen it. Like, I haven't seen it either. 
and I, and I never really grew up watching Banana Splits, but the whole concept and idea behind it when it was announced on Bloody Disgusting, the website, like, was to me was like amazing. I was like, wow, that's really fucking cool. Yeah. And then, and then the, um, it came out and then literally like a year later, the Nick Cage film, what was that called? Oh, um, uh, Willy's Wonderland. Came out, which was that... like probably a million times better. Have you seen uh, that yet? Yeah, I fucking love it. It's so fucking good. It's amazing. If you can get Nick Cage to be Nick Cage without saying a single word, you are onto a diamond. I was adamant he was going to speak all the way through. At some point, no. he's going to say something. He didn't say a word. It's so good. And the, yep. uh, that's another film that all, all the animatronics and the puppetry is great and the CGI is good. Yeah. Yeah. And the fairy character CGI on that was a little bit anime and a bit for me yeah but 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 overall i really really like that film a lot and i like nick cage i mean i know a lot of people give him a lot of shit and i know elise absolutely hates him but even why? like the... why does she hate nice things why does she <laughs> not like nice things nick cage but, is a nice thing <laughs> but she doesn't like nick cage she doesn't she got hatred for tom cruise why would you do that to yourself? Why would you deprive yourself of nice things? Nick Cage was, is a nice thing to have in your life. It was when she was it when she was on um, on with Gareth. We're on doing. Um, I can't even remember what movie she done, but it was on there that we everyone was trolling her about Tom Cruise. Yeah, because did she start getting like loads of uh, Tom Cruise being Iron Man memes thrown at her yeah. and stuff for no reason? <laughs> yeah, but I, again, I don't understand why she done. But yeah. Tom Cruise, I, I like. I like lots of Tom Cruise movies. Cocktail is. I'm not going to lie. Cocktail is one of my favourite movies. I absolutely love that film. The best, the best Tom Cruise film ever made. I can tell you now. When I was 14, 15, I was spinning bottles of Dr Pepper like I was Tom Cruise for about a fortnight. That movie is the is the sole reason that I lived abroad for eighteen months and worked in a bar. Oh, so you took it a lot further than I did. <laughs> yeah, so when I was, so I was 18, 19, no, 18, just turned 18. Um, I worked for a travel agent at the time and I went and I was a holiday rep. Yeah. Um, I started off working as a holiday rep doing like all the airport runs and shit like that. And I, I hated it. It just, it was so fucking mundane. You're picking up like all these, I, I was doing 1830s. So I was picking up people that are my age. But 90% of them were just dicks and I didn't want to be part of it. So I went and got a job working in, a, I was in Grand Canary. I got a job working in a bar called Club Sunset. Um, they owned, of what else would it be called? <laughs> well, they owned a, um, they owned, I don't know the best way to describe it. It's like a massive barn in the hills. And the reason it was in the hills is because the, the police very rarely ventured out there. Therefore, they had a lot more freedom and scope of what they could get away with. Um, and they used to have massive parties where they'd get all the tourists, all the 1830s would pay know, like 30 quid and you'd get all your drink included. And what that consisted of was massive jugs of sangria. Yeah, that, That's all it was. And I worked for them and I was compare. So I used to run all the entertainment. Did so you have like, used... a, like a like a butlin's jacket, like a red coat. It, it, <laughs> it was kind of like that. So we had a we had a game that. It's called Gopher. So much fun. So you get people up and you say, all right, uh, on the count of three, I'm going to say one, two, three, Gopher. And you need to go and get what I asked you to get. So you start this off by you've got men and women. You'd be like, get a men's 
pair of men's trousers. So they all come up with a pair of trousers. Started really easy. Then it'll be like, get a man's shirt, get a lady's pair, get a lady's bra, get a lady's pair of knickers. And you, you oh no, not knickers, but you build it up this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then when you get to the point where they think it's going to be a pair of ladies' knickers, get them to get a set of false teeth. That's <laughs> so funny. That and the, um, we used to, I used to play a game called the sexual positions game. Right. And you get four blokes and four women up on stage. And you go, right, we're going to play a game now where you get a minute and whoever gets into the most sexual positions in a minute gets a free round of shots for your table. And the blokes are like, fucking yes, this is amazing. Look at these lovely young ladies. And then you'll go, right, <laughs> you two girls are together. You two girls are together. You two lads are together. You two lads are together. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and like the girls are just like, yeah, this is great. And they just jump on the floor and start getting into all these different positions. The blokes just have this awkward stare at each other. <laughs> and then like get into like, like the, the most uncomfortable second you like then then it's just making it entertaining they go come on put a bit of effort and none of these girls are going to want to take you home if that's how you perform <laughs> but then that was all because of cocktail it's nice to know that your career expanded the way it did based on a tom cruise film from the 80s <laughs> the thing is I, i've seen a stand-up comedian say this as well so tom cruise all of his films are the same so every single Tom Cruise film, he starts as someone who's very good at his job, be it a barman or a race car driver or whatever. And then he has a, a crisis of confidence. Then he meets a girl, gets all of his confidence back and goes back to what he was doing infinitely better than he was. The movie ends happily ever after. Every single Tom Cruise movie. Does that apply to everything? Do you know what? That does apply to everything. <laughs> Every single one. I mean, I'm literally trying to think of a film that that doesn't apply to. And it doesn't, apply, it of... doesn't apply to Collateral, but I think that's a completely different type of movie. <laughs> no. And that's quite a good film, actually. Yeah, I like um, that. What else has he done? He's done... What's my favourite Tom Cruise? The, um, the one with Emily Blunt where like does the Groundhog Day thing with aliens. That's fucking awesome. That's getting a sequel, by the way. Did you know that was getting a sequel? What film is that? Um, in America, it's called like Live, Die, Repeat. I think here it's oh, called... Um... Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I only know because I thought it was very odd that it had a different title in America. And it was Live, Die, Repeat. What was it called here? Was it Eyes Wide Shut? No, that's no, a different one. it was like... Edge of Tomorrow or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. That's where he, it, yeah, it's like Groundhog Day, but in a space battle. Yeah, so they basically go into the battle every day and then he gets killed and then he wakes up back to the beginning and e Emily Blunt's character is the guy, the, the guy, the girl who's like, and he, every day he has to sort of like woo her and they go into battle and then they die and all the rest of it. It's really yeah. cool, but apparently it's getting a sequel. So I can't remember how that film ends. No. It's a pretty fucking confusing film, but it's really, really good. Yeah, I, I, speaking, I like of, speaking of, sorry, before I lose my train of thought, did you know the Voices of the Mausoleum messaged me yesterday, Halloween 3 is getting a sequel? Really? Halloween 3 is getting a sequel. In fact, actually, hold the thought while I pull up the article because we need to dive into this immediately. How is uh, it getting a sequel? Is that is it David Gordon Green again? 
No, 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 no. This is, in fact, actually, let me just say no, 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 once more before I talk the article. She sent me. I'm going to pressure you now while you're looking. Is John Carpenter involved? I don't, I don't know the facts. So she sent me this article from Dread Central yesterday, um, which basically states that, uh, pressure, 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 because I'm trying to find the facts that are actually relevant to the conversation I'm having. Um, so, yeah, I'm way too many beers in to scan other facts. So basically what's happening is Halloween 3 is getting a continuation and a sequel to the Halloween three story. So the oh, way cool. ended so at Halloween three, it's not it's not like it's Halloween three point five and Michael Myers yeah. is now involved. It's it's a continuation of that story and everything oh, that's, else that's going on with it. Um, but that's a nice way to continue it and take it. So uh, effectively they're gonna do the anthology that they were originally gonna do, I think. That that's gotta be where they're taking it. It's penned as being called the third channel. Okay. All I can really give you right now is out taking ten minutes out of what I'm doing to sit down and read the article. I yeah. did read it yesterday, but as I say, I'm 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 a few beers in. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting because they're because John Carpenter and David Gordon Green are their next project is the thing, which they I don't know if it's a remake or a sequel, but they're doing the thing. They um, are, but before that comes out, he's doing the Exorcist as well, isn't he? And their trilogy as well of the Exorcist, which is coming out next year. Yeah, I, I hope that the Exorcist two and three are better than the original Exorcist two and three. Yeah, so is that going to be? Um, so what did he do with Halloween? We've got the original Halloween, and then he did 2018 Kills at Ends. So we're yep. going to have with the Exorcist, we're going to have the original Exorcist, Exorcist and then 2022, and then yeah. two more. Yeah, and two more. Um, but with the thing. The, I think why I'm excited for the thing is apparently John Carpenter is going to return to the director's chair. I don't think he will, man. I don't think he will. He's 70 and he looks mm. like he should be dead and buried, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> the thing is, everything I've read, it's like that's John. That's the one that John Carpenter's out of his entire career. The thing is the one that pisses him off the most. For what Be- reason? Because he was so proud of it. It flopped at the box office. It's an absolute disaster. Box office disaster. And it but now, though, cult. it's been helmed. It's been yeah. helmed as his as his greatest work, barring Halloween. It, it, it is, but he still. And I've seen him interview where he said that the thing is the one that it's the one movie he's done that he was so annoyed at how it was received, and I think that's why he wants to go back to it because he wants to. Now it has got this big cult following. He wants to go look, see, it's good, and it did make money. I kind of get, it's almost like the one that got away from him, even though it didn't. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that at all, because the thing is is phenomenal. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, I like the I like the prequel that came out in, I'm saying I'm stalling, because I know you... 2011. Know, 2011. I really like that with Elizabeth um, yeah. Weinstein, Weinstead. No, Weinstein was a completely different thing. I think. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I hesitated <laughs> when I said it. <laughs> Is it Weinstead? I think it's Weinstead. Yeah, we'll go with Weinstead. Uh, um, movie, I really liked that a lot. That would have been so much better had the studio not got involved. But apparently, that was all filmed with the practical effects that were intended to be in it originally. Yeah, so everything in that movie was practical effects, and then the studio didn't like the fact it was practical effects, and they painted over all of it with CGI. 
but there is a copy in existence somewhere that does feature the the full cut practically done really if there is there i is. need i need to see that so i know that you know the scene where they've got like that spinning big spinning orb in the middle of the ship the big yeah. really bad cgi orb so yes. originally that was a uh, a chair with another alien in it that's not the thing and that shows that that ship was not the thing ship that was another alien ship that they'd done that they'd taken over them and then nicked their ship. Oh, right. Okay. So it wasn't like, so he, the same way he takes over the human characters and stuff like that. He, yeah. he, he, he'd done it. This wasn't his first cycle, if you will. No, no. Right, so that, cool. that, that, that was the story behind it. And also that the, um, I've gone blank. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, um, the whole point behind the story of the prequel was to tell more about what the thing was and how it got there. Uh, and they cut all of those scenes out. See, I don't like that. I like, I like, this is going to be really, really fucking controversial, but I love Prometheus a lot. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't I say I liked it. I, I liked it, but I didn't like it a lot. I liked it. I love it. I love I love Prometheus. I love Covenant. I love everything that came after it and the way it all intertwined. I, I thought it was great. And and I was so fucking devastated when Disney bought the rights and, and Ridley Scott wasn't going to return to to continue on with what he'd done. Um because it it, it built very well and transitioned so perfectly for me that it was got to the point where there was about to reach the first Alien film, and they could have done something really, really cool with that, and David and everything else, and it, it just felt like it didn't land with audiences the way it should have done, and I don't know why, but I, I, I the problem really, is, really liked it a lot. I like the idea of the of the godlike characters that they, they presented in Prometheus. Yeah, the, the thing is, all horror fans, whatever franchise it is you love, we're all very, very precious. I don't get it, though, because we have to deal with so much fucking bullshit churned out all the time. But when it comes to something that actually has potential and could be done well, we moan like fuck about it. Yet we'll yeah. happily watch I Know What You Did Last Summer and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer every weekend. <laughs> I don't think anyone watches I Know What You Did Last Summer every weekend. And if they do, they need help. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> 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 the thing is, though, that remakes, I'd done a thing on um, TikTok where I got I got a reasonable amount of grief for it. So I said that I basically made my argument that remakes are a good thing, whether they're good, bad or indifferent. If you get a bad remake, who cares? It's made people go, this is shit. Why did they remake this? And then they go watch the original and yeah. then they they do what we all done. They, let's say. Let's take example Nightmare on Elm Street because that's got a particularly disliked remake. I Someone, still don't get that. I'll be honest with you, I don't get it. I think he, it, I think Jackie L. Gray did a fucking fantastic job. As he did, and I'll get onto that because that was the other bit I put in my TikTok, which I got the most amount of shit for. So let's take Nightmare on Elm Street. Twenty ten was pretty much universally hated by new audiences. So they then went back and watched the original. I went, actually, this is fucking good. And then they would have sat through one, two, three, four and gone through that franchise. So that's a good thing, even though yeah. it was bad. And if we get a really good sequel, great. We get we get another installment to the franchise we love. A Nightmare on Elm Street 2010, one change, that movie would have rebirthed the franchise. 
better than ever before. The paedophile element, do you think? Keep all of that in. Keep all of that in. So he's a horrible, dirty paedophile, done all these nasty things to all these kids. Give the big reveal at the end. It wasn't him. That would be cool. And he's he then becomes the protagonist of the film. You've because got it's like a, a tortured soul because it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. That's good. You, you've then got a horror slasher who's who championed by the by the fans, sort of. Yeah, thing. Like he's he's, he's a good guy. Yeah, and that then completely turns that franchise on its head. And it's like a, you, it's like a vengeance seeker, if you will. Yeah, and it gives you so much scope of where you can go with it and what you can do and how you can change things within the franchise while still keeping it as effectively what Freddie is. He's a dream demon with a knife hand. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, I didn't, I didn't dislike it as it was. And I don't get the hit. This is what annoys me so much about horror fans. And I'm sorry to all the people listening who are this type of person, but you're wrong. And I'm going to out you now because... For me, I welcome and encourage any incarnation or any iteration or any sort of depiction of any beloved franchise and character that you can throw at me. Like, I'm a Halloween fan, diehard. I love it. I love Halloween. I love the character of Michael Myers. Anything, throw it at me. Throw it. If you've got a take, you've got an idea, you've got a story, I'll sit down and watch it. You've set, yourself up. You've set yourself up for the most epic fall when Halloween ends doesn't give you what you want and yeah, you sit on an episode for an hour and 40 minutes and say <laughs> how shit it is and why on earth did they do it? Yeah, but that's my point though. This is my point, exactly. Like, if that does fail as much as, I can't believe I'm actually going to say this right now, but I am expecting it to. I'm expecting Halloween ends to massively, massively disappoint. And I didn't originally because I love Halloween 18. I thought it was phenomenal. Like, the, the the attention to detail in that film is outstanding. Things so, that would have gone over people's heads that don't even watch the franchise or take any note. Like the, the care and dedication from Green into that film was fucking phenomenal. Like even just down to minor little things. Like there's a scene in particular where he's a right-handed killer all the way through. I don't even know if I've even spoken about this before. Yeah, I may have done. yeah you've spoken right-handed. to me about it before. Yeah, and he's a right-handed killer all the way through that film, all the way through Halloween 18. He's a right-handed killer. He kills every single victim with his right hand. There's a scene about 40 minutes in between Halloween. He just kills, he kills a babysitter. He comes outside. Laurie shoots him through the window and he walks down the alleyway. This is the first interaction he has with Laurie Strode. And she shoots him with the gun. And she yeah. shoots him in his right shoulder. From that point on, every single attack or involvement he has throughout is all done with his left hand. And it's like things like that throughout that first film. That is just even like that is just the tiniest little thing all the way through. Everything is done just so carefully and 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 and, and well respected to the franchise. Kills just fucking throws all of that out the window. <laughs> uh, I I liked Kills very. For exactly like that reason. I loved Kills on my first watch. See, I walked I, out of the cinema and was like, this is outstanding. I love it. I love see, it. But then I now lo- I've watched it like six or seven times. I'm like, I, I love Kills because it's a it's a an unwilling confession from John Carpenter that Friday the 13th was better as he morphed Michael Myers into Jason Voorhees in that one <laughs> scene. It, it was it was a it was a confession of 
fuck, having a human killer has really given me limitations, so I need to make him unhuman now. I loved it for that reason. I, I liked it. I liked it. It's a good watch, and I liked it probably the same way I like Charles Play too. It's just mindless entertainment. But What's if you your... take into consideration how well developed H eighteen was, yeah, in comparison, it's the two are just different. Is yeah, you you can't even compare the two, which What's makes your... me very nervous for for ends. This What's year. your least favorite of the Halloweens? Because I've never asked you that. Uh, oh fuck, you know, man. It depends what mood I'm in. Um, Can't be curse, isn't it? It depends which cut I'm watching as well. So I like Halloween one, which is the be all and end all of the franchise. I like Halloween two because I feel Halloween one and two are a fantastic companion piece. Yeah, I find it very hard these days to sit down and watch Halloween two, Halloween one, without immediately pressing Going into two. two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't yeah, feel I get like that. you can. I don't feel like you can watch one without the other these days. Um, I like Halloween 3. And as much as I've protested it in the past, I do like Halloween 3. I just wish it wasn't a Halloween film. I feel yeah. like it's an entity. I would appreciate it a lot more. Halloween, Halloween 5? Four, Halloween, no, no, well done. We'll get there. <laughs> Halloween 4, Halloween 4 is, is, is fantastic. I love Halloween 4. And, and I don't get me wrong, it's not great, but it, it, it's an entertaining watch, man. It's a great oh, Halloween film. Not oh, just oh, a Halloween oh. film, but I mean a seasonal film. Like every yeah, Halloween see. season, it's fantastic to bang on and just I know a lot of people think with it. see a lot of people think that it's all show you and me I genuinely fucking detest that movie I could literally sit and pick it to tear it to shreds so yeah well bring it on my mate we will do this <laughs> on the show will anyway I will sit down and take you down on it uh, Halloween 4 is a fantastic seasonal film to get you in the mood Halloween five's five, got issues Five is fucking where it all starts to fall apart. I feel like they do some writing decisions in that film, which then goes on to compromise the rest of the franchise. Halloween six, I fucking hate more is six, than anything on this planet. Um, is six the one that's got Buster Rhymes? Is that six? No, that's seven, that's eight. That's um, eight, is it? <laughs> yeah, we've still got a long way to go, yeah. But we've got six. So six is the curse of Michael Myers. And there's two cuts of that. So depending on which version you watch, you've got the producer's cut and you've got the theatrical cut. One cut features some very wildly unexplainable Indiana Jones scenes with Michael Myers and, the <laughs> and, a, tem- and a temple of doom. And then you've got another cut, which um, the staff of a card got involved in and demanded more gore and violence and all the rest of it, which is actually a superior version and and does have a lot more kills and a lot more fucking things. Like, like there's one scene where the man in black like kills out uh, Jamie Lloyd's character with smothering with a pillar. I think that's a producer's cut, which is Awful, absolutely. Yeah, awful. The, I don't do this often on my page, but there will be two separate reviews for me by the time I reach Halloween six. You'll get a review for the producer's cut, and you'll get reduced a review for the theatrical cut. Because one of them's will, got the um, they're, they're all kind of stood around in a chamber, haven't they? Yeah, that's that's the producer's cut. It's like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It's yeah. fucking weird, man. It's very very strange. And then after that, you've got the phenomenal H two O which is outstanding. It's like the scream of the Halloween franchise. It was done yeah. by, by Dimension and all the I, rest of it. I, I don't mind H20. I, I quite like it. That's H20. great. It's fucking great. It's such an easy watch, man. It's so cool. And, and don't get me wrong, it's not a very good film, but it's such an easy watch. It's yeah. great. And then after that, you've got the Buster Rhymes tripe with the so whole... Buster Rhymes, that's where they do... That's where they try and jump on the whole scream meta wagon in it and they bring in the reality TV show. 
yeah, you've got a fucking dangertainment and all the rest of it where they're yeah. doing the uh, found footage <laughs> shit around Michael Myers' house. It's man, it's it's <laughs> catastrophic. Yeah, it's really bad. And then then we dive into the phenomenal Rob Zombie duo. Yeah, see, Rob Zombie one, I absolutely love Rob Zombie two. We we covered that on YouTube. My thoughts on that are well, well. Voiced. Yeah, you really liked that as well, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely loved it. One star. No, I mean, to be fair to Rob Zombie, these films are not going to be for everybody. But I, again, this brings me back to my whole remake take. Like, don't include it. Don't, no, exactly don't, you know that. I mean? I, I, it is what it is. You either watch it or you don't. It doesn't affect yeah. anything. It doesn't affect the John Carpenter original. You either like it or you don't. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. But at least yeah. I welcome it. And I welcome the attempt to try and do something with it. Yeah, because what if you what if you get a great movie? What if you get it's unlikely, but what if you get a remake that's better than the original? Exactly, exactly. Uh, and this and is what I mean. This is why I welcome the opportunity for somebody who has a new creative idea and a new creative outlet to take something beloved on and take it in a different direction. Like if I wanted to watch Halloween one, I would go and watch Halloween one. <laughs> Do you know, I don't need somebody to recreate that scene for scene. We've seen what they did with Psycho. We don't need that again. (laughs) That was our goal. Well, we'll keep recording. It's, um, yeah, Mark's gone for a wee, just so you all know. Uh, This happens um, when we get to this point because he's had a few beers, so he's he's gone for a pee now. Um, I'm currently looking at his setup. That's really cool. He's got a, a Michael Myers mask that he got from me. Uh, before he was part of the show, uh, he won on a giveaway. Uh, he's got some posters up behind him. So what's he got there? He's got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Scream, Candyman, Evil Dead, Silence of the Lambs, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Jaws, and I think that's Child's Play. Um, his office is infinitely cooler than where I record. Um, so I recorded my conservatory on a plain back background. It's not, not very exciting. Um, I think that's a guitar he's got Michael Myers' mask sat on. Is it a guitar? Could be a guitar. He's also got a very questionably coloured green chair. Um, he's coming back now, so I'll stop talking shit about him. And here he is. I've just given a, a full rundown on what's in your um, what's in your office. Is that a guitar that Michael Myers' mask is on? That's the Michael Myers mask you sent me for. Yeah, no, no, I know that. Position back in season one. Yeah, is it a guitar that is sat on? Yes. Can you play yeah. the guitar? I do play the guitar. Yeah, this I actually made this guitar as well. I built really? this guitar. Yeah, this is a guitar that I made probably three, four years ago. I'm a carpenter, by the way, so I can I can make things. It's it's part of my job description. So yeah, no, this was a guitar that I actually built and, and made as a project uh, probably that's, two, three years ago. That's really cool. Uh, when you, the thing is, I know you're a carpenter and I know better than most the kind of work you do, but yes. at, no, at no point did I think you were crafting a guitar. A, t- a table, yes, but a guitar, no. <laughs> yeah, so it was more of a it was more of a random sort of project I just embarked on. I, w- I was I was playing guitar for maybe eight years, and I really wanted a specific guitar. And I was like, I really want this guitar. I can't find it in the color I want. I can't find it in the style of guitar I want. And my wife's like, just just make it. And I was like, 
you know what? Yeah, maybe I should just make it. And then immediately after she said that, she knew I was going to go harbour away in my workshop for about six months, night and day, until it was <laughs> finished. So she immediately regretted suggesting me doing it. But yeah, I made that guitar. It's outstanding. And I'll be honest, mate, it's more of a fucking ornament than it is anything else at the moment because I haven't picked it up in about six or seven months. I used to play bass when I was... 14, 15, 16, I'd done the Let's Be In A Band. Yeah, I did the Let's Be In A Band thing. What was your bad name? My band was called The Helium Incident. Okay. Uh, that's, that's I, was, cool. I, I was a guitarist in the band, so I didn't have creative control. That's in cool the in comparison to mine. <laughs> what was yours? Dirty Little Scrubber. <laughs> I like that, though. That's all right. Uh, and uh, we we done a song that was called Dirty Little Scrubber. And it was basically us saying Dirty Little Scrubber, Filthy Little Ho, repeatedly throughout the entire track. So it's just like a hit jump that like you guys were working on. Well, I tell you what, we, we sat somewhere kind of, I don't know. So at the time we were listening to like a lot of Nirvana, um, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of Nirvana, a lot of Blur, but around the time like Song 2 was big so we had that kind of really heavy heavy bassy repetition thing going on yeah really bassy the lyrics were not exactly inspired you probably repeated the same verse five times all of our tracks were like a minute and a half maybe two and a bit yeah i was pretty short like that i mean we took we did the whole smashing pumpkins um inspirational thing it's quite medallolic medallic i don't know man. We're yeah, our, our, at this point i don't our, even our, care ours wasn't <laughs> ours was just like we, we were one step away from going full thrash metal and screaming <laughs> uh, we, so, i would love to see you go transition from a beat in a beefer to, <laughs> to a thrash metal band in. no so this this was before this was when i was like 15 16 oh this is that long ago yes yeah, wow. so i at 16, I had long hair down to my shoulders. Um, and I used to wear it up in a ponytail. And my mum used to work in a, a, a local pub. Um, and she got us, we, we played one gig at that pub on a Sunday afternoon. We'd done two songs. And the landlord of the pub was like making the like cutthroat gesture to us to basically say, that's enough now. So we'd done two tracks, and that was our one and only gig ever. Yeah, you see, we never ventured out of the music studio. There's a, about a 15, 20-minute drive into, into the city from where we are. There, there is a music studio that we used to rent every week. Um, we used to go in on, like, a Tuesday night. Um, this was back in the day when I used to smoke heavy amounts of weed. Um <laughs> We we probably do you remember that do you remember that sketch from Family Guy where Peter Griffin smokes like a shitload of weed and thinks he sounds awesome on guitar? Yeah, I think that's pretty much what we were doing. Um, we would have a couple of joints, thought we sounded magical like we were the next Beatles, but in hindsight, probably listening back, we weren't that great. The thing is, though, when we were younger and we were doing all this shit, like all the time I spent abroad and like when we had our band, there was no social media. There was no mobile phones that could take a photo or take a video. If you wanted to record anything, you needed to borrow like your mum's camcorder or something. So all of the stuff we done when we were younger, that's that's never no one's ever going to see that. That's just a memory now. 
Yeah, and to me, that stuff is just a memory as well. I think I can maybe remember a couple of tracks we used to play, um, and there might be some duff recording somewhere. But our lead, our lead singer at the time, Ben, great guy, he's awesome. Um, he moved to Ireland. He met, uh, he met his partner, and 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 she moved over here from Ireland to be with him. And then all of a sudden, got really, really homesick. And he just one day decided, right, I'm going to go make her happy, and, and moved off to Ireland to be with her. And and Fair play, to, fair play to him, obviously, but um, yeah, everything just fell apart from there. We never really continued, and then I, I, I play, but I play now more to to myself. And then the odd time, my my daughter will run past the guitar and be like, "Daddy, Daddy, play!" And I'll I'll maybe play the same thing that I play every single time because I can't remember how to play anymore. <laughs> but other than yeah. that, it's just an ornament more than anything now. So you're the same as me. My my instant go to is "Smoke on the Water." because it's the easiest bass track to play. Oh, no, I can do a little bit better than Smoke on the Wall, but, yeah, it's not far <laughs> off. I can maybe up it to the White Stripe Seven Nation Army, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get on, because I've got Lisa glaring at me to go and get some yep. food. No worries, dude. So, I'll, um, uh, I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, I'll catch up in a bit. Cheers, man. Thank you for listening to our latest edition of Horror Movie News. Uh, if you like this and you want to check out the main show, make sure you head over to our website, which is yourunpodcast.com. Remember, you run the show.